Hey, let's invite, um, I've got two of our, our members, one who is a staff member uh, who's been on staff for a number of years, and then one who's a, a member for uh, the past about three years. Um, Hillary Smith and Laura Howe are gonna join me for this conversation. Would you guys join me onto the stage? So, uh, Laura is um, uh, a member at The Bridge. She and her family have been here for uh, a few years. Um, she had previously served internationally, actually in Asia, uh, with her family for um, a number of years. And we have been so blessed to have you and your family with us uh, here at The Bridge over the past few years. So um, she serves in so many different ways. Uh, if you're involved with uh, the women's ministry, she's very active um, in that ministry. So I'm grateful that you're joining us for the conversation. And then we have Hillary Smith, who is our Senior Director of Ministries, who this summer is coming up on seven years of employment at The Bridge. And so she is, as many of you know, she is a rock star at the bridge. She does so much and she has been, um, she's honestly, she's honestly been really faithful um, through, through a lot of, through a lot of seasons. And um, I know that she blesses uh, many of you on a regular basis and then many of you on an individual basis. So let's start it off with this. And um, Hillary, how about let's start with you and Share with us when um, your relationship with God, when did that become something that you would say felt personal or it felt interactive, it felt dynamic, it felt real? When did that happen for you? Okay, so it's a long story, <laughs> um, but, and I really prayed through this and I feel like it's important to kind of start here, but when, so I grew up in a pretty nominal Christian home cultural cultural Christianity kind of. Um, my mom had had some experiences with the Lord, but um, it wasn't central for sure um, in our home. And when I was in first grade, um, my mom was a school teacher and we were hanging out after school and there was a church, um, a local church that had burnt down. And so they were meeting in the auditorium of the elementary school and they were having a Friday night service. It was a worship night. And um, we like walked by and I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit specifically. And I didn't understand what happened then, but I fell to the ground and I started laughing hysterically and crying hysterically. And I was only six and my mom didn't have any idea what was going on, obviously. And I, um, long story short is multiple people after that had prophesied over my life that I would be in ministry, that I had a calling on my life. Um, all these sorts of things, and I definitely remember some of the things that were said, but I want to say that to say that I had, I definitely encountered that God was real and was a tangible person that was, it was possible to have a real interaction with him, like that was an undeniable experience, and then after many years of like full throttle rebellion since then, it wasn't like I got saved then, um, I ran as hard as I could away searching for um, really safety, security, my life is just kind of, my family situation is a little bit funky. Um, and around the age of 18, my, I had actually was kicked out of my house and um, my mom just didn't know what else to do with me, bless her. Um, and, and I, my best friend who had, who was the ultimate, I would say like queen of rebellion that I've ever met, honestly, that had led me into everything wrong, had gotten saved in college through crew, and I was kicked, I lived out of the, I graduated a year early from high school. And so I lived with friends my senior year of high school, which is crazy. Um, and I was up in, at ECU partying and my friend who had gotten saved was two years older than me. And she was like, y'all can do whatever you want when you come, but you got to come to church with me on Sundays. And so 
um, stumbled in literally on Sunday morning um, to this church. And I just remember specifically seeing people that were responding to the Lord as if he was a real person um, through tears, through and like just joy, through um, praying for one another, talking to one another. It wasn't a stoic religious event. It was they were coming to meet corporately with a real God who was there and was dwelling with them. And um, and I just remember being like, this is the covering I'm looking for. This is the shelter I've been searching for. This is the safety I've been searching for. And so obviously then I knew that I had had, it was just, he secured me really deeply in the way of interaction with him, like at salvation. So I gave my life to the Lord right then and there. And then we can talk more about the journey of growth in that. But. No, that's great. Yeah. Laura, how about you? So my story is very different from Hillary's, which I love because our story with the Lord is also different. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, was at church several times a week. And I think it was two different encounters. When I was 16, I was praying. I'd been like through a really hard season and I was just praying, crying out. And I had a regular time I spent with the Lord reading the Bible and praying because that's what you did if you were a good Christian. But I would often fall asleep and it was very religious. But I, I heard God for the first time I can remember hearing him. And I signed up to go to this trip to Europe. And I heard so clearly in my, it was just in my mind, but it was so clear. I didn't call you to go to Europe. I called you to missions. And I just knew right then that summer I was going to cancel that trip. I lost hundreds of dollars. I had to, I had just to go to missions. Like if I wasn't, I was disobeying God. It's the fear of God came on me. And it was such an experience. I mean, he was asking me to do the impossible. My parents were not very supportive. I had to take care of it. I had to raise money, all of that. But I did it. I spent several months overseas that summer. And it just awoke me. This was real. <laughs> like God still did this. He spoke to people. And it just rocked my world and just brought this hunger because I experienced God. And it brought this hunger for more. And I would read and I would just think, my life doesn't look like this. Like, God, there's something. Give me more. But even so, my walk was still very religious. I still spent that time checking in with God every day, but it was my sophomore year of college, and I was really busy, you know, pre-med, honors program, full in with the college ministry group and doing it all. And one of the upperclassmen just came and she said, you never rest. She says, you know you're living in sin if you can't rest in the Lord. She says, you should take a Sabbath. I just feel like it. I mean, she wasn't even one of those, you have to have a Sabbath people, but she just saw in me that it was all striving. And I thought that was impossible. I mean, I was the kind that was up to, I, I went all day long till late. I was in, having the fun, the party, and then I go to the library and study till like, you know, 2, 3 a.m. <laughs> that was my life. And I said, I can't give God like a day, but I decided to try him. I gave him one afternoon on a Sunday and he just met me. He just wrecked me. I think from that point, like I just went to that transition just into relationship because I just started spending time with him. I didn't even think it was going to work that couple of hours I gave him in the afternoon, but I was so overcome with his love and it just met these deep parts of my soul and I was hooked. I was just absolutely hooked. And I, I wasn't even, I mean, I was really young as far as hearing God's voice and all of those things, but we would just sit and be together, take walks through the campus, go to a coffee shop, or just spend time on my top bunk in my dorm room 
just me and God. And it just changed everything. That's so good. I would, I'd like to encourage us. And I feel like this is a, is a good point to do it is that when we think about God and we think about the Holy Spirit and we think about our relationship with him, when we look at the scriptures, there's a lot of mystery that's there. And I want to encourage you as a believer, or if you're here and you've crossed the line of faith, you consider yourself a follower of Jesus. Um, I want you to embrace mystery and to, re- and to recognize that, um, that, there, that you can't necessarily predict exactly what it's going to be like or look like, your, your experience with God. And there's a diversity of, of experience. And so I kind of want us to like not fall into the comparison trap of, oh, well, I, I never had that experience or, or I never did this or it doesn't feel like this. I want to I want to give you freedom to 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 recognize that God will meet you in a unique way. But I and I also think that um recognizing that like God's not like playing some game with you where he's like trying to hide until you kind of get it right and then he's going to be like ta-da. You know. No no he's he's He's, he's, he's ready. He's not, he's not playing games. He's not hiding. He's, he's not waiting for you to figure out the formula and then like, oh, but fi- Ethan finally got there. Now we're going to give him our presents. No, he's, he's here. He's here. He's, he's ready. And, and with humility of heart and pursuit of him and, you know, um, we, we all can, can know him and experience him in our own um, unique way. Um, we felt like it'd be helpful kind of as we have this conversation, as we begin this conversation, there's you know, there's sometimes uncertainty and sometimes there's, there's kind of unknown and sometimes there's, there's fear. It felt like it'd be helpful. Let's, let's just kind of level, let's just level the room and let's all just, whatever the fear might be or whatever the concern might be or whatever the danger or whatever, the, whatever it is that you might have going, it, going on, could we just right now submit that to the Lord? Just take a nice, deep, big breath. I mean, just a big breath. And, and submit that to the Lord and then prepare our hearts to kind of receive what um, I'm actually going to ask. We talked about this. I'm going to ask Hillary to lead us in a prayer um, before we go any further and just, and just, and just um, let us submit any of those things at the Lord's feet and, and let's ask for the Holy Spirit in a tangible, personal way to enter. Y'all would join me. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Lord, we just want you. God, I ask for every person in the room right now, everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord, that you would just um, meet each person right where they are. And Holy Spirit, We just acknowledge you as Lord in this room, and we just say that you're welcome here in this place, that we want you here, that we wait for you. Would you have your way? God, I ask for the person in here right now that is resisting um, in any kind of way, either unsure of what this is all about or been spending years with the Lord and just having a hard time returning to being a child in this area. God, would you just um, cover it all? We just plead the blood of Jesus over it all. 
And God, I just ask that you would just help our minds just be fixed on you, our hope be set on you, our hearts be willing to learn and receive. You are Lord, and we follow you. And I ask, God, that you would just soften this room, Holy Spirit, that you would tenderize every heart, and that you would give us a hunger for you and a faith for more of you. God, that your, that your glory would be manifest in this place. What you came to do would happen. We partner with your will. We say yes to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Laura, I'd love for you to share. Um, since those kind of early days and experiencing God and knowing him, knowing the Holy Spirit, how's your relationship with God developed or increased over the years? Wow. He's just my best friend. <laughs> like if I have some friends I may be in the room, but he is just my best friend. <laughs> and he's so good. Uh, I think one blessing I've had is that he's put me in a lot of situations where I've had to be dependent. I always tell my kids, um, go low. Wherever you're low, that is where the spirit of God will meet you. And he's brought me pretty low, <laughs> but it's been so good. Um, go into a foreign country over in Asia completely. I couldn't have done it. <laughs> just so just so many times where he's he's called me and he said, okay, I need you to go here. Or sometimes circumstances, like when I lost my husband and I find myself in a place of utter dependence, but it's so good because then I meet him and he's just sewn up in so many different ways. And I think it's just been this beautiful journey of, I experience God, but then it just gives me more hunger. Um, one thing I do, I've done it for decades, is I just keep praying God more, God more. And you know what? He is so faithful. If you ask God for more, he is so faithful. The Bible says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And that is my story. <laughs> He's come so close. I know I have so far to go and I'm, I'm just excited. That's so good. I, I think we, I think that's, there's kind of a helpful point here that, um, uh, the doctrine of God's nearness is that he's always near, but the reality and the experience of his nearness is based on your own receptivity and humility and submission and pursuit of him. So, 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 so he, he's never far, even Acts 17, Paul would say he's not far from any one of us. Um, but the experience of his nearness um, is based on our receptivity, our humility, our, our pursuit, our desire. Yeah, yeah, awareness. Um, Hillary, what about you? How, um, since those early days, how's your relationship with God and relationship with the Holy Spirit developed or increased over the years? Yeah, well, um, I mean, part of my story is that I was in a really broken place when I met the Lord. I mean, like I said, I was estranged from my mom. I was not, I didn't have a home. I mean, I was fine as far as that's concerned, but I didn't have security. I didn't have, like, my life was in shambles. My dad, long story there of a long history of lots of heartache there. I really didn't have anything. And I also was so aware of my sin and so aware of my humanity that I was like, I have to, like food, be with God today in order to live. Um, and so 
I became, and I was talking to my husband last night because I think this is huge and you hit on it and you've hit on it is the hunger piece. Like the fight to stay hungry is the fight. Like at, in your walk with the Lord. Um, the, the more that you mature in the Lord, the more dependent you should become on the Lord. If you are maturing out of dependency, it's going in the wrong direction. You're maturing in your flesh and not in the spirit. And so I just like, I am so thankful for feeling like I was nothing and it hooked me and I became addicted to his presence. And I remember in that season, I would, was talking to Joel. I mean, I was up all night, literally. I would look up every single church gathering that was happening. I would drive, I was at ECU, ended up going to ECU. I would drive every Wednesday night to the church in Virginia, pile up people in a car. We would go, come right back on Thursday morning for class. Every weekend, I would go to a church in Charlotte, spend the whole weekend there, crash with whoever was there. And I just became like addicted to being in the presence of God. And so kind of like Laura was saying, like once you have tasted what it's like, the freedom that comes in his presence, and yes, there is the reality of the doctrine that he is everywhere. We talked about this. It's like the scripture of the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Think about all the places in your world and in your life right now that are not actually free. That doesn't mean that those places are free just because God is there. It means when we, when he is Lord in that place, there is freedom. And so like the jails, brothels, there's all kinds of places where freedom isn't happening yet. So in your own life, there's places where it's only when the spirit becomes Lord in those places that you encounter his actual presence because now he's in charge and not you. And so I think um, my life changed in those early years by being around people that made me reach for more. And I also practically just want to encourage you in that. Like if you, it's just like discipleship in any area. I mean, as a mom, I need to be around people who have been moms a lot longer than me and not be intimidated by that and not feel like that's so whatever to make it justify me staying right where I am as a mom. As a wife, I want to grow. In the Bible, I mean, we never are at a place where any of us in this room, I would say, would say that we know everything about the Bible, right? But for some reason, when it comes to the Spirit, many of us will believe the lie that we fully have it and understand it and like get it all when it comes to that. And while we are sealed and we have that deposit and that security in him, we are just beginning to taste and understand who this God that now we get to walk and talk with is. And so you have to live in that place um, and so I love being around people who make me reach for more. I'm not intimidated by it. When those thoughts come in my mind, I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. I take them captive and rebuke them because I know my inheritance and I know my security. And I long to love and know the Lord the way that older saints or people who have been walking with him for a long time know him. And nothing will make me ever stop doing that. Can I add something really quick? I think one of the biggest struggles in my journey to be hungry for the Lord was condemnation, though, because that was my background religion. And it's something that is, I, it'll still be my struggle sometimes. <laughs> the Lord has brought so much freedom, but I can't say I'm out of it all the way. Condemnation will quench hunger like nothing else. When I am not hungry for the Lord, I have learned, get over whatever I did or did not do. <laughs> um, I mean, of course, repent. But I just ask, 
Like he is so generous. Holy Spirit is so generous. And I think sometimes we just don't feel him. He's a spirit. Like we're so used to what we can see and we can't see. So it just seems so foreign and so distant. But God is so generous. So I just, I've learned whenever that condemnation starts coming on, well, I must be different or I must have messed something up so I can't hear God today or it's probably because I yelled at my kids too much. I just stop and I say, God, I repent. That's not who you are. You are bigger than my failings. Give me hungry. Make me hungry. Just give me hunger. Help me. I, I really don't want to read my word right now. So, Lord, I just ask that you would fill me with an all-consuming hunger for your word and your spirit. And I just encourage that if condemnation comes, just stop repent and just ask like that's you're not going to just wake up feeling hungry for God you're just going to have to start and realize your hunger for the Lord is even going to have to be dependence is all from him yeah hunger begets hunger it's like with kids sleep begets sleep you know it's like hunger the hungry like it just produces more hunger in the Lord also how my life has changed is is the healing and restoration of my heart and my life and overcoming sin and things like that the more that the spirit is Lord and leadership in your life, the more that you can overcome sin. It's the spirit is what gives life. Like John and John, spirit gives life. The flesh does nothing. And so by walking by the spirit, people, if, especially if you're in this room and you're stuck in some sin patterns or stuck in some lies and trapped in some of those places, a thousand percent you're needing the spirit to bring the word of God to life and the power of God to move through you to overcome that. And so um, I've... I had a severe eating disorder um, when I was in college, and people come to me all the time because they know that I don't, I don't ha- struggle with that at all anymore. And I'm fully healed in that, in that area. And they're like, what did you do? What therapy did you go to? And I'm not against therapy. I think it's great. But truly, it was living in a state of worship and in presence of God because, and all of a sudden, as you're running, and as that's becoming more, the word is true, and he really does iron you out and like make you like him like he becomes more in you and eventually it just burnt off you know like and it wasn't this overthinking thing so I think specifically the walking yeah that's that's really good and I'd like to speak to the person today that's walking through difficulty we all have some level of difficulty we've got a difficulty meter you know some of y'all around here, some of you are up here, some, some, some of you, you right at the ceiling, you know, with, and I, I feel that. Um, but I want to encourage you that um, in our lives, uh, difficulty is, is the, the brother of dependency. And so, so it's, it's, it's in difficulty where we're out of options. We don't know what to do. We don't have the strength, the power, the financial resources, the relational resources, the whatever resources in order to try to produce what we want to produce, um, it, which then makes us dependent. And, and, and God's looking for those who are dependent. And this is the challenge of us in our society and in our culture is that the less need we, or, or, or the more resources we have, then it feels like the less need that we have, which then feels like we don't need God as much, which is this almost for my life, um, like how do I manufacture dependency and difficulty into my life? Now, fortunately, God gives me plenty of difficulty um, without me having to manufacture it, Lord Jesus. But, um, but if you're walking through pain and like let the difficulty point you to dependency, not despair, you know? 
Um, and, and the Lord will meet you. The Lord will meet you there. And, and, and that's the point anyways, is he's trying to get you to understand that he's the cup. Like he, he is your nourishment. He is your fulfillment. He is your satisfaction anyways. And so sometimes he's just using the thing to point you back to him um, so that you, you, go, you go to him anyways. Yeah, and I think even with that, I, I think in walking with the Lord for 20 years now in this way, and I think like I've seen situations happen where specifically people get stuck and maybe you're there, you've been there on like feeling the presence of God or how God manifest himself through you or healing that doesn't happen or whatever it might be like and I heard it said even from someone this weekend but like we're a slave to the Lord he's not a slave to us he shows up how he wants to show up and don't let that kind of stuff keep you in a place of disappointment despair if there is something that you're praying for even like feeling him and you're going through a season of not feeling his presence it's still for sure unto something good for you that he's withholding that. It's not because he's holding out on you or being evil or trying to hurt you or harm you. It's because now you're searching him out in a different way. I mean, I've gone through many seasons of not feeling the presence of the Lord. And I have a choice in that moment. Either jump into the river, whatever it is he's trying to do in my life and knowing that he's good and that I'm finding gonna find something new in that searchable moment or disappointment and despair and feeling believing then a lie that he's not who he says he is. So wherever you are, I promise you, there's an opportunity for you to find him there. Can I say something on dependency? Um, That's why I'm so excited we're doing the week of prayer and fasting this week, because that has taught me so much on dependency. If you run with Asian believers, you're going to pray and fast more. That's just, you just have to. (laughs) Um, And, but in fasting, you know, it's this experience of you can't do anything. You just, at least for me, like I love food. Food is everything. So if I don't have food, I can't do anything. And I've heard people before they've tried fasting and they're like, well, I just got to the point where I couldn't get out of bed. So I had to eat something. But see, that's not the point. You're supposed to not be able to get out of bed, but of course then you have to. I mean, I have four kids. So if I'm fasting, I have to be out of bed. And so it goes to this point, God, I can't get out of bed right now. I need strength to get out of bed. God, I need strength to make dinner. God, I need strength to teach this class right now. I need strength to walk from here to my college, the campus I worked at. And then when my husband died, I was eating, but I had nothing. I had nothing. But I remembered I had done that process of the fasting. And so I knew, okay, I can't get out of bed right now. My kids, and I can't smile right now. My kids need to see a smile. God, you've got to do something. And so I just, I think it's, I do not like fasting. Often I use stronger words, (laughs) but I do it because I need that dependency and fasting just births hunger. It births that dependency. So I'm going to fast next week by the grace of God, but I'm going to be praying all day, every day. And it's going to be training because there's going to be seasons when I can, I'm going to be eating, but I'm still going to need God for every little thing. Yeah. And let me just encourage you this week. Some of you are like, uh, what's fasting? I'm, I'm sorry. Is that running fast? I don't know what's going on here. Um, fa- fasting is a spiritual practice. We see this in the life of Jesus. We th- see this throughout the scriptures. We see commands to fast. But a, a fasting is in, it's, it's intentional discomfort that I'm putting into my life, earthly speaking, to point me to uh, a need heavenly, uh, a heavenly desire that, that I need. So it's... Um, so I'd encourage you this, this week to consider 
um, what is something that you can fast from? And maybe some of you will fast, you know, from food all five days. Maybe you'll do intermittent fasting, which, um, or maybe you'll do something else. My daughter just told me this morning, she's going to fast from candy all week. Okay. And so, but what, what is it that you could, based on your own life and situation, what could you fast from uh, this week? Maybe it, maybe it is a meal once a day. Maybe, maybe it is social media. Maybe it's some form of technology. Maybe it's, maybe if the gym is an idol, maybe you fast from the gym. I mean, maybe whatever you feel like is going to create in you the discomfort. And when the discomfort strikes, it's supposed to point you back to, oh, I need the Lord. I I need the Lord. So it's, it's stoking that desire um, in each of us. So let's do this. Let's get really practical. Um, Cause you know, when people, people have these kind of conversations, you know, I think it's like, wow, y'all are so spiritual. I, I think you probably like pray in your prayer closet for 18 hours a day. And like, man, I, what, I can never do that. But Laura, um, Laura, give us two or three practical things like a life in the day of Laura. What, what, practically, what, is, what does it look like for you in your relationship with the Lord? First of all, I have to, I have to make myself get up early and it's hard. And I have to put my alarm on the other side of the room because otherwise I will hit snooze 10 times. But I just have to do it because I've got to spend that time with the Lord before my kids start going at me. (laughs) Um, I I just have to, like, it's life. If I don't, it's like I didn't eat. So early works for you. So early works for me. I know it's different for different times, but I just have to make it a priority just to spend that time. And what does that look like? Um, Honestly, like I put the priority is not in finishing how many chapters of the Bible or anything like that. I just want to sit there with the Lord. And my mind races. I keep a pad next to me so I can write things down. I've got to do this and this and this and that. Pro tip right there. Pro tip. Yep. (laughs) Because I have a lot on my plate every day, but then I just go back to the Lord and I leave him probably a thousand times, but I just keep coming back and I keep my journal. I think it's over there, but, and I like, well, I like to journal. It makes it easier for me to talk to the Lord because I can just start writing out. And then all of a sudden, with I'm not expecting it, because I'm not focusing on whether I'm going to hear or not, because sometimes I don't hear God. Yeah. But it'll just start flowing. Like, I just hear him. It just flows yeah. easier for me. I stay focused better. And yeah. I just kind of have that time just to dialogue with the Lord. And it's not like he's giving me major revelation. He's not taking me up into the heavens. or yeah. That would be great. You can do that, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, I'm like, a lot of times, he's just telling me how he feels about me. Yeah. Or... I mean, he might be dealing with a sin issue in my life. (laughs) It's just simple things or who I am in him and who he is. And it's just simple, but we're just, it's just so much fun just to sit and talk with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Hillary, how about you? Uh, Life in the day of Hillary Smith. Give us two or three things, what it looks like for you to pursue the Lord. And I know that every every day (laughs) is so regimented for you and it's the exact same thing and it's so scheduled and it's, you know, there's no free spiritedness at all in your walk with the Lord. Yeah. Um, So Laura and I are pretty opposite. Um, So I, and this is, I mean, I unashamedly like love my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Like, and I think my main encouragement to you is like develop your own, um, first of all. And so I um, am not very disciplined. I mean, like my normal day is my husband brings me a cup of coffee in bed every single morning since we've gotten married. Glory to God. No lie. And that's how it starts. And it's like, oh, snap. We've got 20 minutes. Do we have any clean clothes? Where are the shoes? 
Okay, pass out the Z bars, like, let's go. Um, that, that's what our day looks like. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to get up early in the morning. Like, the Lord's going to have to really tell me to do that, for me to do it. But um, I, my time with God is very, like, I see it as, like, he is the par- paraclete. Like, he is with me all the time. I'm walking with him. I'm talking with him. I'm yelling at a kid and then going, oh, snap, I'm so sorry. I just said that. Like, I'm responding to him in the day-to-day moments. And on those, in those moments, I'm giving my husband a kiss. And then all of a sudden being like, how good is it that we get to be married? Isn't this great? Like, I can feel, like, the delight of the Lord, like, over that. Um, so it's very experiential for me. Um, and then as far as my time away with the Lord, I've shared this before. Like, I have date nights with the Lord is what I call it. So, like, um, so mine's very, like, it has to be an imposed, like, getting away. Ethan knows this. I'll randomly text him and be like, hey, I need a day today. And I'll just go sit on the beach and just, like, literally all of a sudden I can just feel I went to meet with the Lord today. Or, like, when my husband goes out of town, he travels, so I'll clean the house in the same way I would if I was having friends over. I, like, prepare the house, clean the house, get the kids to bed, occasionally give them a melatonin, make it happen. I mean, you know, it's just, like, whatever I have to do because I need to get with the Lord and just, like, be with the Lord and sit with the Lord in silence and quiet, and then he'll take me on a journey of, like, interest. Like, oh, the love of God. And then I look up all the scriptures that have the love and like write them all. And then I see where he wants to take me. So my like Hillary relationship with the Lord looks a lot more like that. Um, And then worship and really hosting the presence is huge for us and our family. We have worship nights in our house a lot. Um, Many of you have been there to those and love it. I really try to stay in that first love posture of when I was a college student and that that zeal and that radical side, um, it keeps me really alive in my heart. And I am really, really, really a big advocate of zeal. And the scripture doesn't say that you lose zeal. It says zeal without wisdom is not wise. It doesn't, like the wisdom will come and you'll grow in that. But don't lose the zeal. Fight to keep the zeal. That's really good. One final thing I would like to encourage all of us in is that I'd actually like to give a a warning. There is a way of going about this, pursuing the Lord, following the Holy Spirit, hearing from the Holy Spirit, being led by God. There's a way that we can do this that's that's unbiblical and unhelpful. And then there's a way that I think is is biblical. When we when we when we look at the scriptures, we see the way that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through the word of God through his written revelation. We see that he speaks to us through the spirit of God, his Holy Spirit in us, those, 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 uh, that leading the shoulder tap, the, those words, speech. And then we see that he also speaks to us through the people of God, where the people of God around us who also God puts them in our life so that they can speak into to things. I have major red flags go up when I hear somebody that's, they only used one of the three or two of the three. And like you went off on some retreat and, you know, you think that God told you to do something and everybody around you is like, that sounds like a disaster. Like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this together. So all that to say is that as you take steps in this, trying to figure out what it looks like to know the Holy Spirit and to walk with the Holy Spirit, you don't have to do it alone. Okay. Bring other people into, into your life. That's what the church is for. We're we're a community. We're, we're a family. Like, bring your pastors into your life situations. I'll have people like have been at the church for five years and like, 
drop some major bomb of some decision of like, it's like, you know, you have pastors and shepherds here that can actually help you in the process of navigating spiritual direction for your life, you know? And so I, I just think utilize the church and be a part of, of what the church is that, man, we, we pursue the word of God and, and what God says in his word. And then we walk with his spirit. We walk by the spirit, listening and being led, being filled with the Holy Spirit in us. And then we, we do this in community where we're having dialogue and we're actually talking with people about the things we think we feel God's leading us and, and showing us. And so, and I think if we, if, I think if we do that, I really think that we can pursue the Lord in, in, in a, in a healthy, in a, in a healthy way. So, um, I feel like I got like 14 sermon points up here just from our conversation today that we could probably go all day on this. But um, thank you all for uh, for contributing. Thank you for the way that you love the Lord. Thank you for the way that you pursue the Holy Spirit. It, it benefits us as a body. Thank you for your leadership and thank you for your contribution today. Could you, uh, could you honor Hillary and Laura today? Thank you all. One last encouragement from either of you. Okay. I was like, I'm not sure if that was our cue to get off, but I definitely have one more thing to it say. It kind of was. I know. I felt it, but I was like, I'm just going to see what happens. Um, Welcome to my life. <laughs> um, I, I really did feel specifically he's going to set it up for us to have communion and prayer today. I just want to encourage you to take a step of posturing yourself towards hunger in some kind of way today. And I did specifically feel that if you are a student in here, a youth or a child, I would love to pray over you. Um, I'm going to be up here. Austin's going to be up here with me. Like I said earlier, I experienced, so did my husband, the Lord, and even who the Holy Spirit was at a very young age. And it was very marking for me because I, it was an undeniable experience that in all of my ages of rebellion and stages of rebellion, I knew I had experienced. I also would love if... Anyone come up for prayer, but specifically youth. Um, specifically, if you are really interested in learning more about the Holy Spirit, but you're just trapped in overthinking, would love to pray for you. This is like new person here to elder, by the way. Um, and then also if you're just hungry, like Laura and I would be up here. We would love to just pray over you. So, yeah. Right. Anything now. else from you, Laura? I thought the Holy Spirit was just reminding me he is inside of you forever. So don't wait till you get to heaven and realize you have a roommate that you've been ignoring for decades. <laughs> he is always with you and he wants this relationship to go farther much more than you do. So yeah, we would love to pray. Amen. Thank you. Can we honor them one more time, church? Thank you so much for... Amen. Hey, church, would you pray with me? Father, um, in Jesus' name, we just bless you today and we honor you that you're not a God that's far away and distant, a million miles away, but you're near to every single one of us. And as Laura shared with us the scripture, Lord, that those who draw near to you, you will draw near to them. Father, I just pray, Lord, for the next few minutes that you would give us just a real tangible opportunity to draw near to you. And whether that's through song or whether that's through um, in our seat, whether that's through receiving prayer or communion, Father, we just, we just ask, Lord, that you would uh, allow us to, to draw near.